Happy Friday. It's Lockdown Cardinals, part of your Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Bob Brack. Follow the show at Lockdown AZ Cardinals. Follow my work share partner, Alex Clancy, who handles this podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays at Clancy's Corner. And man, I got to tell you, and we're going to get into this, Thursday's podcast, which was hosted by Clancy, it just absolutely featured the ramblings of a madman. I think social distancing has finally gotten to Clancy. He had this idea that the Cardinals could still be in the business of drafting C.D. Lamb, the Oklahoma wide receiver, eighth overall, and it's completely ludicrous. I'm going to bury that freezing cold take later in this podcast. The Arizona Cardinals did work out an interesting wideout prospect. Who that is and does he fit in later in the Cardinals draft plans? The Arizona Cardinals are bringing back offensive tackle Marcus Gilbert on a one-year $3.7 million deal. Does the re-signing change how the team should approach its eighth overall pick in 2020? That's your Locked On Cardinals lead story. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Arizona Cardinals general manager Steve Keim is bringing back veteran offensive tackle Marcus Gilbert, giving both sides a mulligan for the 2019 season that was wiped out for Gilbert after he tore his ACL a few days before the start of last season. Now, Gilbert came to the desert last offseason for a six-round pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. And in February, the nine-year NFL veteran said, quote, I still know I have a lot ahead of me. While rehabbing at the Arizona Cardinals facility, I don't want to hang it up soon. I know what type of player I am. The Cardinals now have Gilbert and Justin Murray, who ended up starting 12 games at right tackle for the last season for the Cardinals following Gilbert's injury. They're both potential starters. Murray came over after being waived by the Oakland Raiders, and he played well, especially down the stretch. Before missing the entire 2019 season with the knee injury, Gilbert, he only played 12 games between 2017 and the 2018 seasons due to suspensions and injuries. At 32, Marcus Gilbert, he's a question mark on whether or not he can return near the level he played as a mainstay on the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. His re-signing and bringing back Murray, it sure adds depth. But should it pivot the Arizona Cardinals away from one of the talented 2020 NFL offensive lineman prospects at 8th overall? Simply put, no. The Arizona Cardinals have an opportunity to shore up a group that has floundered the last few seasons, including 2019 when Kyler Murray was tied for first in the NFL with Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson for being sacked 48 times. The Cardinals' offensive line finished 6th with most sacks in the league with 50. Here's what the re-signing of Gilbert Murray actually does for the Arizona Cardinals organization. Given Gilbert's past performance and Murray's strong finish to last season, it gives you the prospect of two serviceable veteran offensive linemen that adds depth to a position group that you always need to add depth to. But that's who you're going to trust. That's who you're going to risk your team's top asset. An undersized by traditional standards quarterback, Kyler Murray, by protecting him with a 32-year-old who hasn't played consistently since 2016 in Gilbert in a waiver-wire find in Justin Murray. Both provide depth and both provide a stopgap or a bridge to a younger tackle that you could select from the 2020 crop of prospects, which is deep. Iowa's Tristan Wirfs, Louisville's Makai Becton, Alabama's Jedrick Wills, and Georgia's Andrew Thomas all available. And all would be on rookie scale deals 
which would look pretty good compared to what the free agent market often offers as far as the top tackles and offensive linemen each and every offseason. For example, Jack Conklin received a three-year, $42 million deal from the Cleveland Browns this offseason. Conklin, a former first-round pick at the Tennessee Titans. He just finished up his four-year, $15-plus-million-dollar rookie-scale deal. The Arizona Cardinals have an opportunity to select a player who's going to help protect Kyler Murray for years to come and a potential pick of the crop, depending on which prospects go before eighth overall. We have a potential three quarterbacks going before the Cardinals select eighth overall. They could have the number one tackle off the board. Just depends on if Steve Keim can identify who's the best offensive tackle prospect that's going to fit the Arizona Cardinals offense. You don't have to dig very deep to find teams that are successful that have selected and utilized first-round picks on offensive linemen. Just look at this year's Super Bowl. Eric Fisher was selected number one overall by the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers as far as their offensive line. Joe Staley was selected many years ago. He's been their franchise left tackle for many seasons. And Mike McGlinchey helped transform and take that team from a four-win team in 2018 to a Super Bowl appearance in 2019. Depending on what happens with A.Q. Shipley, who started all 16 games for the Arizona Cardinals at center, the impending free agent hasn't made a decision yet. But the Arizona Cardinals, with the re-signing of D.J. Humphreys on a three-year, $45 million deal, their offensive line that surrendered those 50 sacks is coming back with the status quo. The best opportunity for this team, beyond bringing back a 32-year-old question mark on a one-year deal, To improve their offensive line is to utilize that eighth overall pick on this extremely deep and talented group of offensive tackle prospects. Bringing back Gilbert, Murray on one-year deals adds depth, but they don't offer the future security beyond 2020 that a top-selected tackle would. And the idea that the Arizona Cardinals could still be in the business of drafting Oklahoma wide receiver CeeDee Lamb eighth overall is the irresponsible ramblings of a madman I go after Alex Clancy's take on yesterday's podcast that that could be a reality. That's coming up next. I'm Bo Brock. You're listening to Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Cardinals is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Cardinals fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Cardinals fans in a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Look, I don't know what yesterday was on this podcast. I really don't know. I mean, Thursday's podcast featured the ramblings of an absolute madman. I I said it earlier, I think social distancing is finally breaking Clancy. And this, as far as lockdown Cardinals, did did it jump the shark finally? Are we sitting here? Was, Was it March 26th, 2020 when this podcast finally jumped the shark? 
After all of this, after all this goodwill that I feel like we've created with Cardinals fans and listeners of Locked On AZ Cards, this happened. Alex went out, took a shovel, and unearthed from its freshly dug grave the prospect that the Arizona Cardinals selecting Oklahoma wide receiver C.D. Lamb 8th overall to reunite him with his college quarterback, Kyler Murray. Clancy representing the idea in the name of fun yesterday. Fun! There's a lot to unpack here. And I'll try to recap exactly what Clancy said. I don't want to misrepresent him. Because this is a very touchy subject. Because the way he presented it, the way he broke it down, there are a couple of qualifiers there. But I just feel like it's my duty to clear up some opinions expressed on the Locked On Cardinals podcast from yesterday. And Alex... And you can follow him on Twitter, and you, you absolutely, I say, you bombard him with tweets, your own feelings and opinions on this. But Alex says the idea that the Cardinals are still players for Lamb at number eight exists just because solely on the wild card that is Cardinals general manager Steve Kime. That we can't apply logic to the workings of a mad scientist in Steve Kime. That... Look, I, I still feel burned from Kime, and the Cardinals' lengthy rebuild is on his shoulders squarely. But the idea of him spending an unprecedented amount on a wide receiver position is still so far-fetched that as we sit here, and we, we I know it's that the free agents' frenzy has slowed down, and the Cardinals made nine signings, and eight of them were all guys that they re-signed that were not even star players outside of... Uh, Kenyon Drake signing his transition tender. Uh, that that we're already here in this theater of absurd. Absurd. I mean, not since Matt Millen selected a wideout in the NFL draft three straight years for the Lions has this much been really spent on the position. The Cardinals have already selected four wide receivers in the last two drafts: Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella who was made possible by trading the previous year's first-round pick in Josh Rosen for that second-round pick from Miami, and then Hakeem Butler and then Keyshawn Johnson. And then just last week, an incredible move by Kime, he sent a second-round pick, another high-draft pick, and a fourth-round pick to Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. Well worth it. But when you look at the what's been spent on the wide receiver position, it's been a huge investment already. I mean, it's it, it would be an unprecedented, absurd amount that was only similar to what Millen tried to construct in Detroit, which was a failure. And the argument that the Cardinals shouldn't draft a wide receiver at eight because, according to Alex, they don't deserve it due to other roster negligence is absurd, too. Like, they are he, the way he positioned it was... They haven't eaten their vegetables, so they don't get dessert. And, and look, I, I get that, but you're putting the, the cart in front of the horse here. The Arizona Cardinals have addressed the wide receiver position. They're not taking lamb. They went out and they got Nook Hopkins. Way better acquisition than taking a flyer on one of these first-round wide receivers, whether it's Lamb, whether it's Judy, whether it's Henry Ruggs III. And in the name of fun... To position it, it, this would be funny. It would be like Madden football. It'd be the greatest show on turf 
Isn't winning fun? Isn't winning Trump all? Not being a gimmick offense. Not being an offense that has put an unprecedented amount of draft capital, picks, free agent dollars in the wide receiver position. Just being... Isn't keeping Kyler Murray, your number one asset, upright behind a talented, bulldozing potential offensive line? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't watching Kyler Murray, number one, just go to work and having the time to diagnose defenses and coverages and just go to work? I get fun. I absolutely do. I'm not trying to be a stick in the mud here. Like I get fun, but... You you got you got fun. You got DeAndre Hopkins. You got a top three wide receiver in the NFL. It was highway robbery of the Houston Texans. You took advantage of a bum GM head coach and Bill O'Brien. More bum GM. I mean, he's had his success as a head coach so far. He's taken the Texans to the playoffs. But come on. This is the absolute theater of absurd. We can move on and move off of the Arizona Cardinals eyeing a wide receiver at 8th overall. Their needs are no longer at that position. It was a position that they had invested in heavily previous to this offseason. As I mentioned, the four picks. You're paying Larry Fitzgerald each and every year $11 million plus dollars to continue to kind of keep that position from drowning, just keeping its head above water. But to go out there, and now that's excessive. And it's not even in the realm of possibility any longer. The Arizona Cardinals are now in the business of, and I would hope after my first segment, that they're looking at this talented tackle crop coming up in 2020, or they're looking at the best impact defender, whether it's, Who's on the board? Is it Jeffrey Okuda? Unlikely. Is it is it a guy like uh, Isaiah Simmons? Probably not, right? He the, Both those guys look poised to go before the Cardinals at eight. Is it Derek Brown? Could you solidify your defensive line? And then we can start to look at prospects behind that. The Arizona Cardinals are in a position to where they could even trade down. But the idea that they're still in the business of CeeDee Lamb, it's not even fun. That's not even fun. That's that that would be an not even an embarrassment of riches. It would be it would just be over the top too much. The Arizona Cardinals did work out a wide receiver prospect, draft prospect, who he is, where does he fit? Plus, we wrap up the quieter week of NFL free agency that was for the Arizona Cardinals. As we wrap up a week's worth of podcast, it's next. I'm Bo Brock. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On. The NFL draft is going to go on as scheduled April 23rd through the 25th. Roger Goodell, the commissioner, sent out a memo, league-wide memo, that was distributed across the league on Thursday. In the memo, not only did it say that, yeah, the draft is going to happen as scheduled, but also Goodell, in like a Godfather-esque uh, move served warning to those around the league who wanted to criticize the league's stance on doing this while we're in the ongoing coronavirus outbreak pandemic. He wrote in the memo, quote, public discussion of issues relating to the draft 
serves as no useful purpose and is ground for disciplinary action. Basically a gag order. They don't want you to talk about it and give your opinion on this. And, uh, you know, look, I have no problem that they want to keep the draft as is. I know that general managers have have already been critical of it. This was before the league-wide memo that they thought they were going to be ill-prepared come April 23rd through the 25th because of what restrictions and orders have been put been put in place in each and every uh, state and region due to this pandemic. But uh, look, if the NFL wants to move forward, I think that if you're an, if you're an NFL GM, you should be equipped enough to make the selections come April 23rd through the 25th. I mean, this is I honestly I honestly this could be absurd and this could be a horrible take on my part, but I think if you're an NFL GM and you've been scouting these college players, you had the benefit of act, the combine was not affected by the coronavirus. Sure, you didn't get to bring guys into your facility and get this one-on-one uh, contact, but you should still be in a position to be able to make the correct selections that you think are going to improve your team uh, during those dates. It's not. It shouldn't make or break your draft. I mean, how many prospects come in and make or break whether you select them in these one-on-one situations? I, I just, especially at the at the top of the draft. Um, I, I I just I don't have a big problem with it. As far as the gag order, I think that's a little ridiculous. I can't believe it was actually put in a memo. And to say that there's going to be grounds for disciplinary action, I mean, in in these times, I, I mean, I think that in, in the current condition and climate that you probably don't need to incorporate that. It's pretty tone deaf. Now, after having a podcast's worth of hot takes of my own and going kind of on a tangent about how the Arizona Cardinals should be set at the wide receiver position, Justin M., who works for SB Nation, at Justin M. underscore NFL, uh, he's a senior draft expert in his Twitter profile. He reported that the Arizona Cardinals privately worked out. This was pre-coronavirus uh, outbreak. Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims. And when you look at what the Arizona Cardinals have as far as draft picks are concerned, the eighth overall pick, then they have the eighth pick in the third and the fourth rounds. Also, the Houston Texans fourth round pick that came with the Hopkins pick. 23rd pick in the sixth round and the eighth overall selection in the seventh round. So the Cardinals are sitting here with six draft picks and still needs all up and down the roster. And I think that we all would agree that the Cardinals are pretty much set at the wide receiver position. Denzel Mims, according to Joe Marino's um, positional rankings, Mims is the sixth best wide receiver on his board. Uh, He's got CeeDee Lamb as his number one board, uh, number one wide receiver, He's got uh, Jerry Judy in the mix as well. Henry Ruggs the third, Justin Jefferson, LaVisca Chenault Jr. from Colorado, and then Denzel Mims. And then when you look at what Mims brings to the table, uh, he's a a, a pretty physical, gifted wide receiver, 6'3", 206 pounds. Um, And he's got his abilities really uh, are shown when the ball's up in the air. Long arms, really effective to kind of keep and catch the ball at its highest point. Uh, His catch radius... He's got quickness. But here's the thing. The Arizona Cardinals, they basically took Denzel Mims last year and they didn't get to see him play in the 2019 season. Hakeem Butler is going to offer you the same stuff. It seems like the same things that Mims is going to offer you. And the Arizona Cardinals in the third round, I mean, if that's where a guy like Mims projects to go, you know, third or fourth round, I think the Arizona Cardinals would be better served looking at the defensive side of the football, especially if they go tackle eighth overall. 
Or if they go defensive eighth overall, you're looking at maybe your offensive line showing up your offensive line in the third round, fourth round. Mems, I mean, I, I get working him out. Do your doing your due diligence. Probably a guy that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is familiar with. He played four seasons in the Big Twelve, all at Baylor. Last year, went over a thousand yards receiving, twelve touchdowns. He was big in Baylor's uh, resurgence under Matt Rule last year. But the Arizona Cardinals, I think, still would be better served and kind of be content with where they are in the wide receiver position and developing these guys like Isabella, like Butler, like Keyshawn Johnson, like Christian Kirk, beyond your stars and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just to kind of wrap up the week that was, it was pretty quiet. The Arizona Cardinals... They made nine moves this week. I know you'd probably be surprised by that number, but when you look at it, they finally got pen to paper from Kenyon Drake on the transition tag, so that's official, $8.4 million going to the running back. They do have until July um, to work out a multi-year extension. Marcus Gilbert, we mentioned that. He signs the one-year $3.7 million deal to come back to the team that he didn't see any snaps in the regular season last year due to the ACL injury. Uh, you had DJ Foster, local product. Of course, Suaro went to Arizona State, started there. He's been on this team for a while. He was lost injury as well. He comes back, one-year deal. Max Garcia, the offensive lineman, comes back. Charles Washington and Chris Banjo, a pair of safety special teamers, signing one-year deals. Jonathan Bollard, defensive lineman, back in the mix. Brett Hundley on a one-year pick. And then Trayvon Coley is the only new name to the mix added this week after a fast, furious free agent frenzy in week one. So pretty quiet week two for the Arizona Cardinals, but really just trying to fill in those that depth across the roster. And I have no, you know, no qualms with the moves that Steve Kime has made. I think, and I mentioned it earlier in the week, it might have been Monday's podcast, where continuity is going to be king going forward. Because we see all these teams sometimes win these off-seasons and there's no consistently consistency coming from year to year. And you do need some of that. And the Arizona Cardinals, an organization that's been in flux since Bruce Arians retired for the season. Uh, and, and, of course, you had Steve Wilkes and not a whole lot of uh, consistent voices coming from your coaching staff. A lot of new voices. And continuity across the coaching staff, front office, and roster will do the Cardinals and serve them well. That's going to wrap up this edition of Locked on Cardinals. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NFL, and I'll see you guys on Monday.